weekend racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows. Real fans look forward to these guys in their last on because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 378, Mr. Samich. Huzzah! Thursdays are definitely better with the Magic Mike Show. We quite agree. Thank you so much for joining us on the Magic Mike Show live here on Thursday, June 2nd. Hey, we're going to be covering Churchill Downs' late pick five. It's all stakes. I'm really excited about it, Mike. Uh, real quick, for the folks, let them know why we decided to do pick five instead of pick four when it comes to Churchill Downs. Uh, take out. Pick five is significantly less. I think it's like 15% on the pick five. And it's like 22, 23% on the pick four. Uh, so yeah, spend your money wisely. It's more, it's more fun to play the pick five. The payouts are bigger. And oh, by the way, uh, the track gives you a little bit better chances of making some money. So yeah, we, we like the pick five more than the pick four years specifically because of takeout talk a lot about, uh, selecting the right pools. And this is definitely one of those situations where, uh, especially in a race that kicks off the pick five, I think you can get through pretty skinny. Um, although we have some disagreement and you're going to be out in the first leg, but we'll, we'll get to that soon. Um, you don't have to go crazy with your budget here. I mean, I think my ticket's like 54 bucks, something like that. So I, I you don't have to break the bank here to put a, a reasonable ticket together. We have either perfect or near perfect agreement in uh, four of the five legs here. And then the one leg, it just kind of goes completely over the rails, but it'll be a lot of fun to talk about that. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it, Mike. We've got a long show. It'll be a lot of fun. If you're joining us live in the chat, let us know your thoughts for Saturday, June 4th at Churchill Downs. The late pick five. Here we go, Mike. Riders up. By the way, uh, uh, one race earlier, race six, our boy Strava is back at Churchill Towns. He's in. A, he's in. He's coupled. He's in the race. McLaren Vale. He's coupled with is not in the race. That's horse racing. Hey, Mike. First leg of the All Stakes Late Pick Five at Churchill Downs on Saturday, June fourth, race seven. This is the Shawnee Stakes for six older fillies and mares going to mile sixteenth on the dirt. Number five, Pauline's Pearl. At first glance, huge three to five morning line favorite. You think, oh, easy single. Let's move on and just you know we got a free leg before we start the late pick four. But that makes her the most likely single. And you and I are both going to use her, but we're trying to beat her in case she doesn't fire. Yeah, I'm actually going to play a $5 ticket too myself and I went on actual race day. And I'm not going to put her in the $5 ticket. I loved Pauline's Pearl last time she ran at Churchill. Um, she, she ran great. Uh, she won the La Trienne. I was able to beat She Dares the Devil and Ava Grace. And she just she looked awesome beating, beating uh, She Dares the Devil, ran into CC the race before that. No shame in losing to CC at all. I just am really excited about the return Army Wife here, and that's going to be the other horse I use, and that's the horse I put on top, actually. Uh, if you go back in the past performances, Army Wife dusted Pauline's Pearl before. Um, Army Wife at three, I believe, was running against better horses, specifically got Malathat and Clarier in her back uh, back races there. Her Alabama was phenomenal. The race at Prairie Meadows was phenomenal. I think she is got the chance to take a big-time step forward first out as a four-year-old. Make her usually pretty good off the layoff, 14%, so I'll take that. The workouts have been good. The workout reports have been good. I, I think it's all systems go here for Army Wife. And, and if she fires her best effort and improves off her three-year-old numbers, she's better than Pauline's Pearl is. And you're going to get 
four times the price, five times the price for a horse that I think is more talented in this spot. So I'm going to put Army Wife on top. I'm going to go too deep and use Pauline's Pearl as well. Um, but I, I'll probably be a little more aggressive on race day with a second ticket and then single Army Wife here. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of uh, of Army Wife in general. Uh, since the uh, Iowa Oaks, when she did beat Pauline's Pearl by, uh, what, over six lengths? It looks like, yeah, a little over six lengths she beat her there. Um First of all, Pauline's Pearl is a horse that but probably didn't like the way that the pace set up that way. But regardless, Army Wife, that was kind of where she peaked with that career best, uh, or at the time, career best 90 buyer. Since then, Pauline's Pearl has only been kind of going up and up. And it's interesting, you bring up the fact that if she improves off of that or the Alabama number, when she got a 92 buyer, it, improvement off of that puts her with Pauline's Pearl because our favorite is coming off of a 94 buyer when she won a grade one over this track and a 96 career best buyer that maybe was a little inflated because it was at Zia Park. So it, Pauline's Pearl at three to five, what you and I are both trying to say is that we think she is beatable here. She is beatable uh, at this price. There is not, I mean, if she had a bunch of triple digit buyers and she's, you know, if this is Latruska in this race, pff, three to five, single her move on, but this isn't Latruska. So it's also interesting. I was I was talking to Aaron yesterday. I was like, "Why is Pauline's Pearl still at Churchill? She just won a Grade One. Like, why is she here and she's not in the Ogden Phipps?" And I went, "Oh, that's right. Asmussen's got Clarier, so that's his a horse. <laughs> she's going to the Ogden Phipps. Pauline's Pearl going to get a nice, maybe a two hundred thousand dollar workout. You're going with the four to try and beat her. I'm going to use the six. Crazy Beautiful. I think Kenny McPeak is sitting on a a, a big upset here with Crazy Beautiful." Um, Crazy Beautiful is 5 for 9 at the distance. Uh, she's had three tries at Churchill. If you scratch off the Kentucky Oaks, the other two were very solid. Um, you notice the last time that she won at Churchill Downs was last October in the Seneca Overnight Stakes. One race after getting her ass beat by a better horse in Malathat. Well, what's happening with Crazy Beautiful? She got her ass beat by Malathat, finished sixth last time out. Now she's showing up in this spot. It, it, it's, I'm saying that in just a little bit, but... This is a huge class drop from her. And by the way, she did win a race two back. So it's not like, you know, Seneca overnight, she hasn't won since then. It's not like with Army Wife, we're trying to make it, you know, hey, maybe, you know, she hasn't won since last summer, but maybe now she can get back in the winner's circle. This is a horse that's done it, and so is Pauline's Pearl. So I'm going to use the two of them here. Uh, you're using four and five. But really, if we can get Pauline's Pearl beat, this thing is going to pay enormously, no matter if it chalks out or not. Yeah, I, I think she's going to be over-singled, that's for sure. Um, I, I think 3-5 to five is probably close to the off-odds in this spot. Maybe it floats up a little bit to 4-5. to five. Um, I, I hear you that Crazy Beautiful is, is a little interesting. Uh, my problem is, like, Crazy Beautiful has raced and not progressed since those races that you mentioned. And the win you're talking about is over a synthetic track at Turfway. Mm -hmm. um, so, it, it, to me, there's just... You need and look. This is the type of horse that Kenny McPeak every now and then pops up with and wins. And so I, I'm not going to just completely bash Crazy Beautiful in this spot. And I don't understand how Kenny McPeak tries to train his horses and move them forward because he seems like he's a little all over the place. Um, but hey, that synthetic thing works. Was able to get the win there, and now we're in here. I mean, maybe you can get that run. I think Ava's Grace is a little interesting as Lone Speed, but I, I'm not as concerned about her. I think that Army's Wife and Pauline's Pearl are just a little more classy. I uh, kind of say the same thing about Crazy Beautiful as well. So I, I agree with you. I, I think that you properly analyzed it where Pauline's Pearl probably shouldn't be three to five in this spot. And, and it makes sense to take a swing against her, uh, especially if you're doing press tickets and for sure uh, to, to try and get around her if you can in a 50 cent ticket. Uh, credit to Marty McGee. It was the first one I saw tweet about it, but he said, when was the last time you saw two horses exit a grade one into grade one victories into listed stakes races? And that's what you've got here with, uh, uh, you have Pauline's Pearl and then American revolution, uh, exiting grade one win. We'll talk about him a little bit later, but Mike, before we get there, we have the second leg of the all stakes Lake pick five at Churchill downs on Saturday, June 4th race eight. This is the Arlington stakes. The only graded event 
field of six older males going a mile and a 16th on the grass. And the number one admission office shows up here. First time gelding. Uh, you know, this horse, even though he likes to run longer, he won the Louisville Handicap. He's only a total of one length away from being undefeated over the course in three tries. Neither of us are using. We actually have full agreement in this race. Yeah, look, this is a this is an interesting race. I mean, it was just six horses. It's it's going to be interesting how the pace plays out up front. You got a couple horses that want to go. Admission off is coming off this long layoff. is kind of tough to to figure out what to do with Lynch. Very good off the layoff, twenty eight percent. So, and they also gelded this horse, which I thought was interesting. But this horse is going to come from way back in this pack. I'm not sure that that's going to be the best place to be when you're kind of figuring out how to run here. Um, I just I felt like there were better places to end up, and I, I don't love the price at three to one, which I do think is probably around what you're going to get there. My top pick was the two horse Floriform. Uh, this is a four year old second off the layoff. I think has a shot at taking a monster step forward, um, face Cheryl Spite and get smoking two back, uh, and that was kind of the, the kickoff to that four year old season. Uh, ends up running third to get smoking, who's the other horse I'm going to use in here. Spoiler alert! Um, and then comes up and takes a what I believe is a kind of a step forward. Cellist came back to win, I believe, a graded stakes at Church off of that Keeneland allowance and now you have Floriform who I think is going to be able to take a step forward here second off the layoff is a four-year-old a little later in the season and if Floriform is able to take a step forward and get that trip I expect because I kind of think we're going to be two by two by two here he's going to be in that second pack um, if he's going to be in that second pack I think if he gets the right trip and is able to get loose he's going to be tough to beat coming into the lane uh, we, uh, this was not my top pick here, but I definitely love Floriform. And you're right. Uh, the cellist won the grade three Louisville stakes here last weekend, which is race admission office has won in the past. And, uh, trainer Bill Mott, he's really good at keeping them good with horses that won their last race. He reads it repeats at 29%. That's crazy. So uh, along with that, you're getting Mike's favorite Kentucky jockey, Tyler Gaffleone in the saddle. Uh, my top pick, you know, it's my boy, the four gets smoking. Uh, he's been my boy ever since he wired the Hill Prince back in 2020. Uh, this horse is fast, nearly wired the grade three Tampa base stakes and you talked about Cheryl Spite caught him and beat him. Cheryl Spite then won the Maker's Mark Mile, which is a grade one race at Keeneland next race. So uh, that was great. We have Floriform flattering him, Chellis flattering both of them. So everything's looking good. Um, also, uh, Limperador was in that race. I don't know if you remember that. He was 10th, had a terrible trip, goes to the grade two Fort Marcy and wins that. So between the two and the four, all systems are go for these two horses. Uh, is there anybody else that you want to talk about? I mean, neither of us are using the five field pass and he's the five to two morning line favorite. I mean, the five was my third horse in. I, I just don't know how this horse is going to be able to win. I, like, I can't make up the trip in my mind that that is the right one for this horse to get home. And then on top of that, you have Santana, who's riding, who I, I have talked about. I don't love on the turf. Um, and then I, I don't really like. Again, I don't. I don't want to have the favorite in this spot. I, this is one of those spots where I think if if you play too many favorites, you're in trouble because this could chalk out. I mean, if you have the three to five shot in the first race, we have a couple of pretty short priced horses later. I just don't want to use a favorite that I don't like at all here. And that's the five field pass. So I thought the two and the four made the most sense to move through it. Yeah, I'm with you. The five and the six, Grace Fable to me both. I thought if they were going to win this race, they kind of needed to be lone speed and get comfortable. Neither of them are as fast as Get Smoking. And if they go with him, it's suicide. So um, if nobody goes with Get Smoking, I think he wires. That's why he's my top pick. If someone pushes him, I'm with you. Floriform should be right there to pick up the pieces. Third leg of the All-Stakes late pick five at Churchill Downs on Saturday, June 4th. Race nine is the Aristides Stakes for eight older males sprinting six furlongs on the dirt. And your defending champion is back, Bango. He's on the rail. He's six for 12 over the course lifetime. But, Mike, he's on a three-race skid that doesn't look that good. And it's all at this distance where he has five for 10. So hard to use him, easy to use him. What do you think about this race? 
Oh, this race I thought was kind of fun. Um, you, Bango, to me, is, is one that I'm just not interested in. I've uh, lost to Necker Island, two-back Top Gunner last time. And it's one of those spots where if you have a horse that's lost to a couple horses in the field, I just don't want to put them on my ticket. I feel like you're wasting bullets at that point because you can have them covered in other spots. Uh, on top here, for me, was Top Gunner, the sixth horse. Look, when you look at these sprint races and you don't have an excess of speed and you have one horse that can get the lead consistently, it can be tough to beat that horse. And that's Top Gunner. And Churchill's dirt course usually favors sprinters with speed here i like top gunner's chance to take this field wire to wire i think he's coming in here solid form the numbers fit uh oakland hasn't been as great as i would like uh horses leaving oakland and coming in but this is one of those horses that was able to win uh multiple times over that oakland meet uh it's, it's on a two race winning streak if you go back uh, you know he was it's in the sam houston stars and stripes ended up losing to ben and Greeley or Greeley and ben and mr Moneybags, two very good horses there ends up running third to them i think this is just kind of the perfect spot for top gunner he falls into a field that he can beat and that he can get in front of and that's going to be the key here this uh i love top gunner he's my topic as well here um another horse that we because i think we went two for three in agreement yeah we're each going three deep here uh the other one that we both really like is the five bob's edge he's the three to one favorite but you know price wise we've got him at three to one top gunner seven to two and then necker island and bango at four to one pricing wise it's it's a little shallower you have a couple longer shots here but for bob's edge if top gunner gets caught i think bob's edge is the one that gets him this horse has got a motor on him when he gets rolling um if you scratch off that last race first of all he was in the slot Second of all, he was facing Jackie's Warrior. Uh, this horse is four for six with two thirds when he's going six furlongs on fast dirt, which is what we're supposed to get on Saturday. So uh, Bob's Edge, man, look out for this horse. He's going to be trucking in the lane. Yeah, I thought he was another logical horse to use here. Um, I, and he was the, the horse I actually put in second. So I, I, I agree with you with Bob's Edge. I think that's probably your best closer in the race. So the five and the six to me are the two like logical horses that you're going to use here. I'm going to try and take a shot with a price here. I'm going to throw the seven Jalen Journey on here. Uh, Journey is a good name for this horse. He's a seven-year-old, like I said. So he's a little bit of a journeyman now. I think this is a really interesting placement by Asmussen. I mean, we're, we're coming out of $100,000 uh, $110,000 allowance at Oakland race before that was an $80,000 race. And now we're jumping up to a $200,000 stakes race. When horses get older, sometimes they need a little more time to get into form. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a big time improvement here. Third off the layoff for Jalen journey. I think it's an aggressive spot for Ashton to send this horse into. He's got back speed to be able to stay close to top gunner if he needs to, and has some kick as well. And if I go back and I start saying, okay, you know, what races can I point to that wins this? He's got two or three of them that are good enough to be able to beat this field, which I don't think is that tough for a $200,000 stakes race. I think a 10 to 1 to 7 Jalen Journey is awfully live. I went back and forth on him, and I ultimately left him off because for him to win, uh, to have the winning type of race in the back form at six furlongs, you've got to really, really go back. And we're going multiple years to back when Peter Miller was juicing him to the gills. Like uh, this horse, you know, if you want that kind of six furlong effort from him, uh, I think that. But you bring up a great point, Mike. It, you know, if you look at the, if you consider that maybe the six furlong efforts this year he needed to get it knocked off. First of all, he improved from the first to the second start, um, and then you, the DeFrancis Dash was his last start of 2021. Six furlongs and wasn't a bad effort. I just can't use him because it, it's a. I, I just have too many question marks about him. But I did. I kept staring at him, going, "Can I make a case?" I felt personally I was trying too hard, but you did a better job of it uh, than I could. I am going to use Bango. Uh, to me, this almost feels a little tiny bit like Whitmore when he went to Keeneland for the Breeders' Cup. And this is all in hindsight because none of us had Whitmore in the Breeders' Cup sprint. But he actually, at Keeneland, had to win two seconds in four tries. Um, 
Holland graded stakes races at Keeneland going into the Breeders' Cup Sprint, and he just went back to the course where he was very comfortable, and Bango is doing the same thing. Again, the problem with Bango is that he's been trying six furlongs at Churchill Downs very recently. Maybe the fact that he is five and now has had 22 starts more than the seven-year-old Jalen Journey, maybe he also needs a little bit of time to get going here. Um, I, I, I wish I was getting better than four to one, but I'm hoping, Mike, that the, if you look at his back form and the fact that he hasn't been as competitive in his last three stakes tries as he was, say, last summer, maybe that'll help my price out a little bit. And I do like that Gaffleone's going to stay aboard. Yeah, I mean... I, I get it. Those races back at Churchill going six and seven are good enough. I, so I understand why you'd want to play back here. I just, I, I haven't loved anything he's done since. And, and, you know, he's run twice at Churchill where he likes his track. And, and both of those efforts just weren't great. I mean, just might and endorse beat him the Necker Island and Mucho and Sir Alfred James. I mean, that, it's not world beaters that we're talking about. I mean, it just might is, but just might is on turf. And that was a dirt race. So like the horses that beat him don't inspire me with confidence. And, and then the price is, is my other issue where I, you, I would need like 10 to one to be really interested in Bango somewhere around that. It's the same with miles ahead where if the price got up to 10 to one, he's a Gulfstream horse stripped out twice. And those are his two worst races in his career. But the Gulfstream races are good enough to win this. And so, if, again, if you're getting somewhere around 10 to 1, the two horse becomes more interesting as well. But sit on the board at 9 to 2 and 4 to 1. I think they're both under what their actual probable odds are for winning the race. And it makes it tough to put either on the ticket for me. Before we move on, I'm pretty positive that Davey Cleveland is in the chat um, a long time ago when Bob's Edge was uh, about to be a three-year-old, almost a three-year-old. I think he was still two. Uh, I was asking Davey, I was talking to him on Twitter and asked him if there were any horses that he liked because it was talking fantasy-wise. He had told us about, he told me about Bob's Edge he thought could be a good horse. He wasn't wrong. He just was wrong in terms of thinking, you know, not maybe not a two-turn horse, but Bob's Edge has turned into a great horse. And so, uh, Davey, uh, yeah, there he is. See, I knew it. Uh, Davey, I remember, I've been waiting. <laughs> and waiting for us to talk about Bob's Edge when you've been in the chat. Uh, so great to see it. And also, hello, Peter. Good to see you again. Mike, let's move on. The fourth leg of the All-Stakes. Whoops, I got pulled up here. No, I don't. Fourth leg of the All-Stakes, late pick five at Churchill Downs. On Saturday, June 4th, race 10, this is the Blame Stakes. All of the Zenyatta supporters just left the stream. Sorry to see you go. Eight older males going a mile and an eighth on the dirt course here. And the world's most overhyped allowance runner ever drew the rail. I can't wait to hear why Mike Samich likes proxy this time. Oh, do you want me to start with that? It's, I mean, it's not my top pick, but I'm going to use Proxy. Look, I think that Proxy's last race was, yeah, left a little bit desired, but I still think Proxy is better than Scalding a Dynamic One. And so I'm going to go ahead and use Proxy because I think Scalding and Dynamic One are both going to be wildly overbet. Dynamic One, definitely wildly overbet. Scalding, I don't think, look, Scalding's a good horse, but eh, I, I mean, American Revolution is the best horse in this race, period. So the question is, does American Revolution wire the field? And if not, who catches American Revolution? Um, and if that happens, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it's the one horse proxy that does, gets the job done. So I'm going to stick to my guns and say proxy is better than scalding. I had scalding last time. I'm not going to use scalding this time because the price flip. I think proxy is better than scalding. And I think American Revolution is the best horse in this race. So I'm going to cover this race with the best horse in the lead, American Revolution, the best horse, the race, American Revolution, and the best closer in proxy. And I'll get through with those two horses. And this will be the second leg that you lose in the pick five magic. How ironic that the race that uh, blamed the most underrated horse the last 20 years, we have the most overrated allowance horse sitting there on the rail. I agree with you, Christopher. Thank you for bringing up that point. Um, this is like, by the way, a weird race. You've got grade one winner Superstock in here. Uh, Dynamic one is it. He's actually not that bad of a horse. Um, 
this is if you couldn't tell, this is the race where Mike and I completely split apart. Uh, I hate Proxy. I hate Proxy. He is an allowance horse and he runs like a jackass. He's not as good as Scalding as Scalding just proved last race. Scalding's my top pick. Um, I love that he's got tactical speed. He's beaten Dynamic one twice along with beating Proxy. Uh, he's got the Hall of Fame jockey and trainer combination. Suge is a lot like Bill Mott. When he gets them on the right track, they keep going well. This is a multiple graded stakes winner in an ungraded stakes race. He's the only multiple graded stakes winner, I believe, in this entire race. So he's got that going for him. Uh, the fact that American Revolution in here, I love because I'm actually going to get a good price on him here. Uh, five to two on Scalding is going to seem like a steal when he whips the shit out of these horses. American Revolution could get second. I, I'm not I'm against him, Mike, because of his price. I think he is going to be sub even money. I think you're going to look at the form and go, look at the triple digit buyer. Oh, that's great. Look at how good he is. He's two for three at the distance, except those two wins were against New York Breads. And the one time he actually faced Open Company, it was Hot Rod Charlie and Midnight Bourbon. And I know what your opinions are of those two horses. And sure, they'd probably be favored in this spot, but you don't think those are world beaters. So if he couldn't beat them, Scalding's in here. I'd say Scalding is almost on the same level of Hot Rod Charlie at this point. Midnight Bourbon, rest in peace. Wish we knew where you were going to rank there. My point is, if he wasn't nearly as good as those two horses last year, we haven't seen him at H4 when he could take a step forward. But Scalding, we know what he's doing. American Revolution, we're like, hey, maybe he comes back at the same point. Maybe he's good against Open Company. Scalding has said, I've beaten Open Company multiple times. I'm a multiple greatest stakes winner. And so that's why I diverge. Yeah, I mean, uh, Midnight Bourbon and Hot Rod Charlie would be 1-9 in this race. I mean, they would be wild favorites over Scalding, uh, like not, not even close. And so I, I think that that third is significantly better than anything that anyone can put up in here. Uh, it, there's just a talent gap to me. And you mentioned this is the first time out as a four-year-old. Those numbers that you're talking about, all those hundreds, the 300 buyers are all these three-year-olds. Like He could take a step forward mm -hmm. and put himself as one of the top older horses in the country if he does. I mean, that's that's how the upside that we have here for the, for the eight horse, I agree, disagree with the price. I don't think he's going off at four to five. I think you're going to see somewhere around six to five, seven to five. Um, and, I, and I think the only way he really loses in this spot is if he's a, not fully cranked or B, if someone goes out there and tries to fire with him early and then he kind of falls apart that, that race back at Keeneland. I, I mean, to me, you're looking at scalding and you're saying he's a multiple graded stakes winner. And I'm looking at scalding and saying he beat Cody's wish in dynamic one for the first graded stakes at Tampa Bay in a terrible race and came back and kind of tripped out and was set up well and was able to get the job done over proxy. He kind of tripped out. I was there that day. I remember that race. Um, and now he's picking up he was weight. A half a length in front of proxy at the quarter pole. He was ahead behind him at the half pole. He was a length ahead of him at the three quarter pole and he was a mile ahead at the finish line. Sorry. Um, how did he um, trip out? A mile ahead, he was two and a half lengths ahead at the finish line. That's that's a little less than a mile, slightly less. Pick than five, a mile. and you got the winner. That's all that matters, Mike. Mm -hmm. I, I wait. Well, I mean, do you want to do an American Revolution scalding? No, because the point is we're trying to figure out winners. We're not playing the superfecta game. We're playing who's going to yeah. win the race. Okay, well, it's not it's not going to be dynamic. Dude, who's your second horse that you use? Santos Dumont. I got a long shot here. Let me okay, tell you about fine. Santos. Tell me, Dumont. tell me why Santos Dumont isn't going to win now. Okay, so he wins three back, breaking very slowly, going a mile at Oaklawn, which is uh, a stop at the 16th pole. Churchill Downs, you're going to have a much longer stretch for this horse. But I also I watched that race two back at Oaklawn Park a couple of different times. Beat a former Magic Mike Show uh, Fantasy League horse starring in my dreams who got second that race. But um, there, aside from American Revolution, you brought it up. There really isn't, like from a pace perspective, I was trying to figure out who's going to go with him, who could maybe, maybe take the lead because we actually haven't seen American Revolution take the lead going two turns. He only went gate to wire once, and that was going six furlongs. It's like maybe someone will try and challenge, maybe because, by the way, we haven't talked about it, 
Why is Florent Giroux riding this horse, and why is Luis Saez on the donkey on the rail? We'll answer that in a second, but Santos Dumont, to me, if he gets that race two back, um, with those fractions that he was posting there, I think that he can, if, if Mitch Merle is hell-bent on going to the lead, I think Drew's going to sit off with American Revolution. And if he gives him too much time, I already talked about that. I have concerns about American Revolution handling actual legitimate horses going a mile and an eighth. And I'm not necessarily saying that Santos Dumont, more referencing Scalding there, but if American Revolution can't handle the nine furlongs, against open company, Santos Dumont is kind of trending upwards. That race last out against Oakland Park, at Oakland Park completely scratched it out. He got pushed way back at the start. He broke from the rail, and that kind of was his undoing. Now he's in post seven. Just get him out to the lead. That's his one shot to win. And you're not going to talk me off of him, Mike, because he's 20 to one. Yeah, no, go ahead. Throw on your ticket. Waste the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly think Scalding might be the horse that ends up on the lead here. Um, I wouldn't be really? shocked. Yeah, okay. he's shown enough enough speed that if he wants to try and go before American Revolution does, he can. If not, American Revolution's out there walking. I mean, I think that's the only horse that has a chance to go with him early. Um, there is a, a, a point here. Uh, Dennis was bringing up, why didn't American Revolution run uh, last weekend uh, on New York Bread Stakes Day? Couldn't get the race to fill, Chris Milo says. Um, it is a little interesting. I talked about earlier, Pauline's Pearl and American Revolution. Two grade one winners last out. Now they're showing up on great stakes, but hey, the purses are great. The 15% takeout on the slate pick five, Mike, is pretty great as well. Let's move on. We've got one more like to go. The Audubon stakes here, and this to me is the best betting race, not just of this pick five. The entire seat, the entire card at Churchill Downs. We've got 11 three-year-old males going a mile and on the grass. Uh, so many different ways you can go. You've got Major General trying turf for the first time. You've got uh, Grand Sonata uh, showing up here. Play action pass at 20 to one. Maybe a horse that you're going to want to talk about. Where do you want to go first? I mean, my top picks the two Grand Sonata. This would be a horse that have won five straight times if it weren't for Psydog, or four straight times if it weren't for Psydog, who beat him two of those four times. I love the fact that we're getting second off a layoff here. I think that you could see a monster improvement from this horse. He just kind of hung in that that Transylvania. It was a little bit uh, a little bit disappointing for that perspective because it really looked like he was going to go by every step of the way. I think second off the layoff, you're going to see a lot better effort here. Um, I, I like the fact that we have Gaff Leone back aboard. Uh, he is picking this horse over a couple others in this race, which he could have been on. And so it, it gives you a little more confidence in Grant's not on that front as well. But look, this horse did absolutely nothing wrong down at Gulfstream. Comes back, runs in a tough race at Keeneland, runs well. The extra distance should be a plus for this horse, stretching out from a mile 16th to a mile and eight. So I think it's all systems go for the two Grand Sonata. My other must-use horse was all the way to the outside, the 11 horse Major General. And this is for one simple reason. It's the unknown horse in the race. And you're going to get eight to one on it. I, you kind of felt like they just tried to keep getting this horse on the Kentucky Derby trail and he wasn't quite good enough. He is the fastest horse in the race. So if he wants the lead, he can go get it from that 11 post. Um, and Pletcher has Grand Sonata in here and chose to put Major General in as well. To me, that that shows that he actually believes this horse is going to be pretty good on the turf. Really not a ton of reason to run Major General in this spot if you have Grand Sonata, if you don't think Major General is going to fire in some way. I couldn't use Major General just because I... <laughs> Uh, I, I couldn't figure out a way that the horse really is going to win, but I went all very deep in this leg, and I, this is a leg where really I think you can make a case for just about anybody. Um, like I said, I didn't go with him, but I agree with you on the top choice. Definitely going to be Grand Sonata. Uh, a, a big reason you talked about it, Mike, there's a lot of horses I like here, and he's leaving two of them to uh, to ride Grand Sonata. Uh, that race through back to Dania Beach, um, 
he had a lone speed stablemate who was trying to go gate to wire and had a really nice lead and somehow Grand Sonata dug in and was able to get the job done. So uh, I remember that race every time I see Grand Sonata show back up. Hasn't really had a bad race at all on the turf aside from having some trip issues in the Central Park Stakes. Uh, second up for me, did you use the four horse? Did you use play action pass? No, I didn't. Okay. Play Action Pass comes from a race at Keeneland back in April where Mike Samich did this huge stable up feature talking about a lot of different horses in that race that he liked. Um, and this was one of the horses in this race. Uh, by the way, the winner of that race is 6-1 to one in the Grade 2 Penine Ridge on Saturday. Limited liability. So you can go check out Aaron's preview for that on our YouTube channel. But for this one, for Play Action Pass, uh, that r- ride last out from Tyler Gaffleon, who I'm sadly not going to get on him this time, I thought was really heads up because if you look at the fractions, they went 25 flat, 51 seconds, 115 and a half. They went slow on the Churchill Downs turf. Gaffleon read that right away and said, I'm going to put you up closer to the lead. And the horse had enough left to hold off everybody and to, and to dig in for the win. This kind of feels to me a little bit like that, where Major General probably is going to go to the lead. Maybe Summer Anthem. Like, I'm, I was looking at this. There's two horses with time form early pace ratings of at least 100, and one of them is trying turf for the first time. So you don't know if that's going to fully carry over. So my point is, there isn't a ton of speed here. I think this horse, if he sits a much closer trip like he did last time out, um, Landry's ridden this horse multiple times. He was aboard him when he won on turf for his uh, for his maiden race. So I I don't love that I'm losing Tyler Gaffleon, but I don't think that gaining Corey Landry in this spot is a really a, a step down here. So this is my second up. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't mind the four that race two back. I like we're already seeing winners out of it. We talked about it as being a key race, and, and it's it's going to continue to produce them. Um, so I, I, I I'm happy you posted that up as as the, the stable up today because I, I that's one of those races where we talked about it specifically on the show. You'd want to find key races before they're key races, and that's kind of what we were able to find there. I think we're going to keep seeing winners out of that one. But I think the water is just a little deep here for play action pass. And I'm not a big Lannery fan. Uh, this is a tough spot for this horse to be able to make a big time run. By far the toughest race I think he's going to be in. Well, maybe that's not fair. Maybe maybe the grade two bourbon was a little tougher. But uh, it's just a real tough spot for him to find himself here. Because I think there's some other interesting horses. Um, the nine horse, James Jones, uh, mm-hmm. for, out of Chad Brown Barn. I mean, I'm not sure why Santana's up. Again, not a Santana fan on the turf. But... This horse, I went back and watched a replay, exploded down the lane, going a mile and an eighth yep. at Churchill. And it's interesting, how often do you see like a two two races, both at a mile and an eighth, right? I, I mean, you usually see some type of buildup for it. Clearly, this horse wants every bit of that distance. You saw that turn of foot in that Churchill Downs race where just, again, stormed home doing a, a 12 and for the final furlong in a mile and an eighth race at three is, is really impressive. This horse is really well-bred. Um, if we can take a step forward off that last one, James Jones is right there. Uh, and so I, I think he's awfully dangerous in this spot. And these are the type of races where you got to fear Chad Brown was just shipping one in and, and trying to trying to take that paycheck. So I'm going to use the nine as well. Uh, did you use the nine? This was my third up. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, top of everything, the dam and the grand dam, both were winners uh, in graded group stakes races at a mile and a half. So that's why this horse debuted and stays at a mile and eighth. Uh, on that point, Ricardo, by the way, entering today, five for 26 on the turf this meet. So, there you go, Ricardo. 25% jockey, or sorry, 20% jockey for Chad Brown right there. I love it. I love it. Uh, and, and, you know, he, he, maybe he's better when he's not in New York, so I, I shouldn't completely, t- you know, take a dump on him here. But uh, he's definitely one of those guys at Saratoga I'm not interested on the turf. Um, for me, the other horse was Summer Anthem, the, the eight horse. You mentioned that there's 200 time form horses, Major General on the outside. The eight Summer Anthem is the other one. Look, that last race specifically was really nice at Keelan, where he sat off of a, a lone leader 
and then was able to pounce and get the job done. You could see a really similar trip here where Major General goes. Summer Anthem is the actual speed that's sitting right behind Major General. Major General backs up and Summer Anthem gets first run and just gets loose top of the lane. I could see a very similar trip setting up here. Uh, we're transferring from the Brousset barn over to the Maker barn. Uh, for me, that's one of those that, you know, it's not, I'm not going to knock either of them. I think they're both very good trainers, but Mike Maker long on the turf is generally something that's a positive. I love Temple City uh, as a sire for these type of races, the mile and an eighth, mile and a quarter races on the grass. So for me, the state is kind of all systems go and I think has a chance of taking a big time step forward as well. Um, I like a lot of these horses that are second off the layoff here at three-year-old because I think they, that is their best chance to take a, a nice jump up uh, in, into a stakes company like this. So fun fact on the eight, and this, I use this horse as well. Um, you just went to North. That's my fourth horse here. Uh, Summer Anthem, it, uh, if you look at um, the sales, you see, oh, April 2022 at Keeneland. Oh, they just bought this horse a couple months ago for $150,000. I went and looked at that because I was like, it's also interesting that April 29th, this horse raced and then changed barns. The sale was April 29th, Mike. This horse went out, won that race at Keeneland. By the way, Rudy Brissett bought this horse at auction for $8,000 as a yearling. Rudy Brissett went... Done. Here you go. We got my maiden <laughs> win, and I got $150,000 in the bank. And Mike Maker, it was, this isn't a claiming race where you have to put that in beforehand and hope that the horse is going to run well. Maker saw that and said, I want that horse. They put $150,000 on him that day and immediately put him here. Not a, not, not a non-winners of one other than this race. So to me, that spoke volumes about this horse's chances. It makes me feel be better about the fact that from that race, five other horses have run back and none of them have hit the board. So forget that fact. Makers cut the horse. We're moving forward, looking for improvement. We're getting a good price, eight to one. If we're getting four to one, I'd be a little more cautious, but eight to one, I'm fine with this, Mike. Yeah, I, I think that's that's the other key is that, they, you know, this is a race where I'm, I, because I'm using the two who is the favorite and the deserving favorite, not really trying to find a bunch of short prices outside of that. I want to see if we can get a little bit bigger number home, especially as you said, it's one of the better betting races. There are favorites that we like earlier. That they, so there is a possibility this, this the sequence goes pretty chalky. So I didn't want to go crazy here, but I definitely wanted to see if we could find some prices. And for me, the eight, the nine, and the 11 were the logical prices that could get home here. I have two uh, longer shots. I'll go through them real quick here. I am going to use, and I was going back and forth, the prices that they weren't shorter made me end up using them. They're coming from uh, the same race. First, the three Tallahatchie Bridge, 10 to 1 for Safi Joseph Jr. Broke his maiden at this distance, just like James Jones did. Um, got fourth place, uh, sorry, fourth place from that race. Broke the maiden next out, going nine and a half furlongs at Keeneland. Got a 77 buyer, so back that up pretty well. 10th and 11th place from that last race also won their next starts. I believe they were both in for claiming tags, but they did win. And you know, the fact that I'm using Speaking Scout in here as well means I like Tallahatchie Bridge. But with Speaking Scout, 6-1 to one on Motion and Saez, I was a little surprised by that. They're 24% together with a positive ROI, especially when they're second off the layoff like this. And specifically this kind of situation, second off of a long layoff, Saez riding for Grand Motion, uh, at 11 sample size, two wins, nine times in the money. Meaning, Saez motion second out is very live. Whether or not the horse wins, that horse is gonna has a really strong shot to hit the board. So, if you're looking to, for a horse to maybe use underneath in, in trifecta, uh, superfecta, exacta, speaking scout, if you don't like him to win, definitely put him in second and third on your tickets. Yeah, my, I, I, I couldn't get behind either of these horses, and main one of the main reasons was just how bad that race was, just from a, a like overall timing perspective i mean they went 49 114 and speaking scout was two lengths off the lead sitting in second mm -hmm. right so it's right behind a slow pace they didn't come home all that fast it, there was just a lot of things about that race that left me to be just a little more desired you saw uh tallahatchie bridge was able to come from a little bit further back off the pace but i mean we're talking like 
two or three lengths back, and, and both of these horses were just kind of able to roll by. I think they really benefited from a wildly slow pace in that race, and that was one of the reasons that they were both able to kind of get it done. They need to either of them needs to take a step forward to be competitive with someone like the two, the two blasted speaking scout last time. Uh, they face each other, uh, I think it's two back for speaking scout. So for me, it's just like I, I, I get why you'd use both these horses. But that last race just left too much for me to be desired to kind of expand the ticket price to put both of them on. And if you want to go a little cheaper than what Mike, because my ticket is more expensive than Mike's, if you want to go cheaper, like I said, the three and the 10 were the last two I considered back and forth and their price uh, at a little better odds. I'm going to go ahead and use them. But if you're looking to go cheaper, you can leave them off. Uh, neither of us used the five Kaido Dan, Mike, but I want to just, I did the math on this because I was fascinated by it. Um, his last four, sorry, his last three starts. We had somebody claim him for $35,000, and then they lost him three starts later for $80,000. In that span, if you include the amount, the difference between the 80 and the 35, his connections made $195,000 from three starts off of that horse, including a stakes win. That's pretty damn awesome. That's a pretty good claim. That's a pretty good claim. It almost makes you wonder. I mean, you're surprised he was even available in the N1X. I mean, it just to, to even get claimed for 80. But uh, yeah, when you claim some a horse for 35, you give them, get sell them for 80 three races later, and you pick up a hundred thousand plus dollars in purses in between. It's a pretty good, pretty good couple months. Listen, between Rich Strike, an actual claim in Taurus, winning the Kentucky Derby this year, and then you know Kaido Dan, what he's done. Listen, it's the year of the claiming game. Everybody, get involved with horse racing. Start claiming horses like Matt. That's what we're yeah. saying here. Go for it. Everybody, just claim them, claim them, claim them. That's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Bike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to talk about the late pick five at Churchill Downs on Saturday, June 4th. It's all stakes. It's 15% takeout, so we're more than happy to, uh, to support it there. Mike, we're going to give our tickets one last time down below. I'll go ahead and give mine out first. And these are for 50 cents. Pick five. I'm going to start going five, six with two, four with one, five, six with six, seven, and then two, three, four, eight, nine, ten for $72. Your ticket. I'm going to be cheap today. I'm only going with 48 bucks. I'm going to go 4-5 with 2-4, with 5-6-7, with 1-8, with 2-8-9-11. That'll cost you $48 for 50 cents. I actually had four horses as possible singles in the sequence. The 4 in race 7, the 2 in race 8, the 6 in race 9, and the 8 in race 10. So if you want to go really short here, I think you can try and take a swing because I do think there's a lot of options for singles here. And I, I fully admit, I might be nuts for going against American Revolution. I just was trying to find somewhere to not go to. You know, beating Chalk in a couple of spots already, I wanted to see if I could do it there. If American Revolution wins the blame stakes, it's not going to surprise me. I'm trying to take a shot, and I just really like Scalding. So yeah. uh, that's that's really. But if you like American Revolution, like Mike said, it, especially if you do like him, you maybe single him there. Um, and Mike, I don't know. why. Don't use Proxy. Just single American Revolution. Proxy! Uh, Daryl wants to get himself blocked from the chat for a while. He wants to know what Mike <laughs> thinks the Parks Pick 5 would have paid if the four got by the way if you didn't what he's taught daryl's talking about is yesterday mike had this great idea let's do parks pick five coverage it's a mandatory payout almost 750k seated let's do it and mike was literally a paco actually giving a shit ride half a shit ride away from cashing that thing yeah kind of frustrating because like if i if i had singled the six in the third leg instead of the four in the last leg we would have cashed the ticket and so it's frustrating that i picked the wrong paco to single there um yeah the four looked like he was gone and, and paco just did not he literally didn't hit the horse once which is wild because he lost by a nose uh so you think at some point but it looked like he was gonna win by three because he ranges up on the outside starts to go by and the five horses a first time starter for an 0 for 23 barn is able to re-rally on the inside and get by. Um, frustrating that that happened. I mean, I, you want a little more effort from the ride from Paco. That really was my my main 
issue around it. Uh, but what can you do? Yeah, as far as the will pays, it sucks that Parks doesn't put them up. It's ridiculous. It's like you, you have all the information. Just put it up. They put up the amount of money left, which is the total amount of dollar of tickets of still available on each horse. If you did that, the math came out to approximately $230 for the new money. So that doesn't include the 700000 that was in the carryover pool. So when you add that in, it probably would have paid about $280, $290 uh, to the four horse if he was able to get, get home. So, yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Sorry. It's, it, it hurts a lot more when it's more than 280 or 290 I mean, it would have been nice because it was a $54 ticket. So obviously it would have been great to cash and, and you know, six times your money. But, uh, yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was pretty frustrating, that ride. Well, over at RacingDudes.com, we still have other things for you to check out. I mentioned uh, the Penine Ridge Stakes. Unanimous consent has a perfect record for Chad Brown on the line. So if you're wondering, why does Chad Brown only have one at the Churchill Downs race? Uh, well, that's because he's really liking this one. Um, so a couple interesting horses there. I think it's only it'll be six horses if they stay on the turf. Our boy, our fantasy horse, uh, Gilded Age. Yeah. Is that his name? That horse. He's, he's listed as an MTO. So I'm really hoping it rains off and he gets us five points for that win. Uh, but you can check out the replay for that at racingnews.com. Uh, we also have a lot of fun stuff over our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash racing dudes. Uh, Mike, you brought it up, but there was a, a I, I posted it because I realized I never did when you did it live on the show. Uh, but the uh, the stable, whoops, I don't want to watch this again. Don't do that. Uh, the stable them up uh, for Keeneland from this race. You had multiple stakes contenders that were you thought were coming out of this race. So talk a little bit more about it. Yeah, I mean, it's just it was a live allowance race at Keeneland. We already saw play action pass come back and win. Uh, the winner of that race, I think, is awfully live at six to one in the Penine Ridge this weekend. Um, and, and there's a brown horse that was in that race that got an awful trip, had to check two or three times around the lane. Paco rode a horse there in that race that that needed to make the lead and wasn't able to. That's going to come back, I believe, at Gulfstream, um, who I thought was worthy, worthy of a stable up as well. So there was like four or five trip issues and a very good winner and a nice second place horse. That usually generally means that you're going to end up with a key race. And, and we already, like I said, saw a third place horse come back to win. So it's already setting up to be one of those. Definitely worth the watch. I think there's like four different horses that you essentially could um, you could stable up from that one race. And maybe a different one from uh, Play Action Pass in the, the last at, uh, at Churchill. Uh, that, to be fair, that not a horse that you specifically said on the show uh, was come, was one to come out of. You were more saying, this, this race is live, and here are horses I like. But uh, other stuff you can uh, check out, aside from just the stable them up, check out the dude in the shades. Saratoga Slim is back. He's been on the backside at Saratoga multiple times already. Checking out the Todd Pletcher maidens. There's a couple of unnamed multi-million dollar Todd Pletcher maidens that he's already met. Um, you can check out the Bill Mott Barn, what a lot of the big stars are doing there. So it's a lot of fun. Saratoga Slim gets some uh, unique uh, insider perspective. So make sure you check that out. But like Dr. Tank says, I meant to go back to this. Your stable I'm up is, is uh, two for two so far. And it could definitely go three for three if the Penine Ridge goes your way. Yeah, I'm gonna have to start uh, pulling more of these out if if it's what the people want. But yeah, the the it was nice to like it was interesting. The first one we pulled out was Keeneland. It was a second time starter, one at five to two. That last one was for Met, which is a little more under the radar. I know Doctor Tang actually stabled them up and I think singled them in the pick five. Uh, they paid eleven thousand nice. at Pimlico. Um, it is you got six to one on for Met. It's it's a, that second stable up video I think is worth watching too because I explained why I played the horse at fifteen to one. Um, got a terrible trip that day at 15 to one and then comes back and, and is able to win for fun really at six to one. So definitely worthwhile to check them out. Uh, hopefully we can get uh, more of these posted up soon so we can keep, uh, keep the hot streak going. 
Uh, one thing that was fun as well was making this uh, five key facts to know before betting on the Belmont stakes. I did it for the Preakness, and it all kind of turned out to mostly be true. So uh, go check it out. I, in the Preakness one, I was saying, you know, maybe maybe take it easy on Epicenter a little bit. I wish I'd listened to myself. Maybe I'll listen to myself with this one because there are some trends about uh, Mo Donegal, who's currently trading as the favorite, that you should go listen to as well. So, yeah, that, 11, that was 11K possible because of Fermat and Mike. Did he actually cash it? Yeah, he hit the pick five. Oh, nice. Well, yeah, he did. I think maybe he only tells me about his like 50K plus scores now. Like, he didn't tell me about this one. <laughs> no, Dr. Dr. Tang, I think it was Monday that Fermat won. Dr. Tang had a good Monday too. The, the overall Magic Mike family enjoyed Monday. It was a good day. <laughs> uh, listen, it's been a good day over here so far. We're not done yet. The Blinkers Off will be live later. Dennis Munson, uh, you got any thoughts on the sports stuff? I'm missing dudes who bet sports. Dennis, I you, I don't know what the hell you mean by that. What are sports stuff? What's happening what in sports? sports stuff? Come on, we got two huge games tonight. I I got the in-laws. Into, I have no idea what's oh, happening. Oh, you're sports. killing me. The NBA Finals start tonight. You've got uh, Boston catching four points at Golden State. Uh, I. I don't have a huge opinion. I think Boston's going to win the series. So I did bet them for the series. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah, they, they're much better defensively. And if you look at Golden State's route to the NBA Finals, it's pretty weak. They went through, uh, I think it was Utah and then Denver and then they had Dallas. So I, I, I don't think that was all that difficult. They haven't faced any defense near Boston's level all, all uh, for the full tournament. And now you're getting Boston to come in here off four days rest, which I think is a key. This is also a stretched out series. So the rest issue on Boston's side will not be as big. They've had to play back-to-back seven-game series. So I, I think it's going to be a lot easier for Boston to be able to to kind of handle it. Tonight, I think, is going to be the toughest one for them. But I do like them plus 130 in the series. If you like, like, if you feel like you're like me and worried, I bet about half of what I would normally bet to win the series. I'm hoping they lose tonight, and then I bet the other half at a much bigger plus number when they are down one game to none. Um, and then we have – I'm assuming you don't have any basketball points, so I'm just going to skip over you for that one. I, I just don't care about basketball anymore. And then we have game two of the Avalanche and the Oilers series, which was possibly the most entertaining game one of playoff hockey I've ever watched in my life. Uh, over under 12 and a half goals. Well, they, the total is at seven still. They haven't put it up to seven and a half yet, which I'm surprised because it opened at seven. Um, I, there's Colorado's backup goalie is going to play tonight. Uh, Edmonton basically plays a backup defense, so you, I, I, you're going to see a lot. Of, yeah, you're going to see a lot of goals again tonight. Here's the thing: Colorado is a better version of Edmonton, and in the NHL playoffs, when you have a team playing that is a better version of that team, it is the worst possible setup. Because if Edmonton opens up their game, Colorado will just destroy them with goals. If Edmonton tries to shut down defensively, Colorado will dominate with puck possession. So I, I don't see how Colorado loses tonight. I'm going to play Colorado minus one and a half and minus two tonight. Um, I think they're going to win like five to two, six to two, something like that. I can we just like I, I don't care so much about the New York. Um, I mean, I care that it's exciting. This one, I feel like it's just like, can we just get Colorado to the finals? Like. I don't know. I, I, I don't have any. It's more just I can't stand Edmonton's goalie and their defense. It's like they're so front-loaded and top-heavy that I, I feel like if they get to the cup finals, you got Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl and then an actual team facing him with an actual goalie in that. So I don't know. I feel like the winner's coming out of the East regardless. I love the goaltending on both sides there. I think Colorado's the best team left. Um the the Rangers are, are tough, man, because every time I watch them play, they get dominated for like a period of every game, but they get really timely goals and Sesterkin's great in goal. Um, so, I, you know, I, 
they are one of those teams that just keeps impressing me because uh, I, I I don't have them rated very highly and they keep playing well. I, I think Tampa probably bounce, bounces back and that's I think that's going to be a pretty long series. I think those are two pretty evenly matched teams. I think they both lose to Colorado. I, I think the Avs are just they're just better. I think the best team that had a shot at beating them was the Blues. And when Bennington got hurt, it, it made it much more difficult for us to try and get the job done. Um, but uh, the, you don't have the offensive firepower on either of those teams to be able to keep up with Colorado. And Colorado is good enough on the defensive side to be able to keep the scores lower if you're not playing just complete up and down game like Edmonton did. Well, I know that dudes who bet sports had a show not yesterday, two days ago on Tuesday. Or was it yesterday? Regardless, Dennis, there's an episode that's over there. You go check out Dudes Who Bet Sports. But I know that they're taking this week, the rest of the week off. So they'll be back uh, next week. And also next week, I believe it's Monday because the Derby and Preakness was. Belmont draw as well, which means the daily shows leading up to the Belmont Stakes. They'll be back on the YouTube channel next week as well. So make sure you subscribe to YouTube.com slash Racing Dudes. And also visit RacingNews.com for all of your free picks for horse races across the country as well as premium picks from guys like Mike Samich right here. Uh, Samo Bombs, you can check those out. The Inside Track to the Belmont Stakes Wagering Guide. The pre-sales officially started. You can check that out as well. Uh, trying to think if there's anything else. Blinkers off is later today. Otherwise, uh, I don't know. Have a good rest of your week, Mike. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been a good time, man. Uh, maybe we'll do... I don't know. We don't have a live show this week, do we? Nope, we don't. Oh, all right. We'll, we'll be back. The last one, and then we'll be live all day Saturday on June 11th for the Belmont. So someone's yeah. going to ask, yes, we will be live all day for that one. <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun. Thank you so much for following us and uh, joining us for this chat about Churchill Downs. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Chris Kellard. He is at Summerbomb18, number one, number eight. Corporate Woods at Racing underscore Dudes. We'll be back on Monday to talk about all the fun from this weekend and maybe do another little uh, pick four, pick five sequence. But until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week, everybody. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first. 